This is the Jump Pass. I am your host, Ryan. And in this episode, I'm going to talk about um, the Titans. Well, I made an official mock draft, and I'm going to talk about it and my thoughts about my own mock draft. I'm going to also talk about uh, the Titans season again. Uh, of course, you know, we're closing the season. You know, of course, we didn't make the playoffs and everything, but I want to give out my official 2022 regular season grades for offense, defense, special teams, and coaching. And then also we're going to talk about some of the off-season um, decisions that need to be made. A couple of episodes ago, I gave you my thoughts on a few offensive free agents. I'm going to give you my thoughts on a few defensive free agents, and I'm going to give you my thoughts and opinions on that matter. Of course, the Jump Pass, this episode of the Jump Pass is brought to you by the Titan Upload Network, where we keep it real, we keep it right, and also sometimes we keep it raw. So at the end of the day, you know, we all here are professionals and we give our professional expertise regarding all things Tennessee Titans. But before I get into the Tennessee Titan talk, I want to talk about Tom Brady. A couple of days ago, Tom Brady officially has retired. Um, I think it's for good this time based off of the the emotions that he showed on his um on his video response. And he's the one who announced it. It wasn't a situation like last year where Adam Scheffner um, put the the report out and then Tom Brady followed it up with you know retiring you know basically via Instagram. This time it came on his own terms. He made the he made the decision. He's the one who was pulling the shots. So I feel like it's for good this time. Now, if he fools us again, you know, then I don't know what to say. But you know, a lot of people don't really believe it. Some people say, oh, I wouldn't believe it until, you know, he's not in uniform in at the start of the 2023 season. And that's fair. That's that's totally fair. I do think it's for real this time. And, you know, Upload, Titan Upload had a source, and he was the first one to it. I know a lot of people are like, oh, it's a 50-50. Of course, he's just just guessing. Y'all ain't nothing but uh, elite trollers. Here's my response to that. Adam Scheffner and Ian Rappaport report on the news, too. They report on all things in the field. They have a bunch of sources, a bunch of sources. And I don't see them really getting chastised for it. Why? Because they work for the NFL. Well, Ian Rappaport works for NFL Network. Adam Schaffner works for ESPN. Is that why? And Titan Upload Network is just the Titan Upload Network. You know, I don't get into the I don't get into the one-on-ones though. You know, you know, either you believe it or you don't believe it. You know, it's one of those things of, you know, we're we as a network, we're not here to try to troll anybody. If we have a source, we're gonna put it out there. Of course, I don't have sources. I did a couple of years ago, but that was a couple of years ago. I don't have sources. I'm a reactor to the source. And, you know, shout out to James uh, for Titans for Life. 
you know, he's kind of like the X factor of our network. But, uh, you know, if he has a source that, you know, somebody's telling him some things that, you know, that could happen, then, you know, we're going to put it out there. And is it, either you like it or you don't like it. But in the famous words of Memphis rapper Finesse Two Times, shout out to Finesse Two Times, it's cool when they do it, it's a problem when I do it. And if you know the song, you know the rest. So at the end of the day, we're going to keep doing our thing. We're going to keep bringing out this material. We're going to keep bringing out this content. We're going to keep bringing out this info, the right info. And whether you like it or not, we're here to stay. So I just wanted to point that out. And uh, as for Tom Brady, I'm glad he's retiring. He didn't really have a good year. You look at if you look at the numbers, you think he did, but 26 touchdowns, nine interceptions, it's okay numbers. 4,700 yards is okay considering the fact that he almost threw the ball 800 times to get those 4,700 yards. So a lot of volume with that much with minimal production. And he his yards per attempt were about was well below league average. So at the end of the day, you know, the way things ended in Tampa Bay, barely making the playoffs, having one of the worst offenses in football, and then getting getting their ass beat by the Cowboys, all of that kind of was like, yeah, the writing was kind of on the wall for Tom Brady. And it ends the and it ends the debate of of basically will Tom Brady lead Tampa Bay and go to a team like the Tennessee Titans. It just ends that rumor once and for all because do do we really want Tom Brady based off the what his name he can bring people over? That's cool and all, but Tom Brady has to perform. And I'm not sure the luck that Titans have when it comes to getting Pro Bowl level talent that's past their prime or or Hall of Famer level talent that's past their prime, it's not, the odds are not good. Uh, it's not good for the Titans. It's very, it's, you know, look what happened to Julio two years, uh, last year. Look what happened to Andre Johnson. Look what happened to Randy Moss. You know, we get all these players that are in the Hall of Fame or should be in the Hall of Fame. They put on a, a Tennessee Titans jersey and they're not the same guy. So who's to say that Tom Brady would have been, you know, the same person? He would have been the same person based off of history. He would have been the same kind of player. He probably would have put the the kind of numbers that you probably would have got from Ryan Tannehill. And if that's the case, you might as well keep Ryan Tannehill. If you're, you're going to upgrade a quarterback, upgrade from a standpoint of you know that you're going to get better production than than what Ryan Tannehill is uh that Ryan Tannehill is offering right now. And I'm not sure I'm not really sure Tom Brady at age 45 going on 46 was going to be able to upgrade in production over a Ryan Tannehill. And that's just me. And I'm not taking up for Ryan Tannehill, but I'm just being a lot I'm being logical here. I'm being objective. So at the end of the day, uh, I think that Tom Brady made the right decision to retire. He said it himself. If he's 
stunk it up, he would retire. And I think he stunk it up based off of the eye test. I mean, Bucks barely made the playoffs. If it wasn't for their division, they'd probably be sitting at home. They would have never made the playoffs. But as bad as the NFC South was, somebody had to win it, and Tampa Bay was the team that, that won it. And honestly, it was not really because of Brady for most of those games. Their defense was really good, and I always call it black magic. Brady's black magic led them to a few of those wins. So at the end of the day, you know, Brady, con- congratulations on making that decision to retire. Uh, will be a first ballot Hall of Famer. Do I call him the GOAT? I guess he's the greatest winner of all time. I'm not entirely sold on him being the greatest quarterback of all time because I've seen, you know, John Elway play. I've seen Peyton Manning play. I've seen Aaron Rodgers play. I'm watching Patrick Mahomes right now. You know, there's so many other great quarterbacks. Drew Brees is on that list as well. So, so many great quarterbacks that I feel like there's a couple of those quarterbacks that I feel like from a quarterbacking standpoint are better than Tom Brady. But from a will to win perspective, it's the best. The best has ever laced him up. So do I think he's the GOAT? No. Do I, do I think he's the greatest winner in football history? Absolutely. Can't deny seven Super Bowls and 10 appearances. So, And also a three-time NFL MVP. So can't deny all that. Uh, again, congratulations to Tom Brady on his retirement. Hopefully, hopefully he stays retired. Uh, for his sake, I hope hope that he can stay retired, be a family man, and you know just enjoy football from outside of wearing some pads. So, again, congratulations to Tom Brady on retirement. All right, so let's transition to Titans talk. So I was on the Power Hour on Monday. So shout out to Michael Bishop at the Power Hour. Please like and subscribe to his YouTube channel, Power the Power Hour. It's on Monday at 6 o'clock Central Standard Time, 7 o'clock Eastern Standard Time. And, you know, it's just, it's just a great channel. If you like football, if you like Titans football, if you like just NFL football in general, he's one of the channels that you should listen to. But I was on there on Monday, and we gave our mock drafts. Of course, for those who don't know me, I hate mock drafts. I don't really like it, but Mike's my guy. So I had to do it because it was Mike. And the reason why I don't like mock drafts is basically it's a little too nerdy for me. Um, I'm I'm the type of person that just wants to be able to get to the point of getting to the draft. I don't like the process of the draft. I don't even like talking about the draft this much, but I did it only because Mike told me to or asked me to. And I was like, sure, you know, Mike's my guy. He's been a great help to me. He's been a great supporter of me and my channel. So I did it. So I'm not going to talk too much about the mock draft in regards of all my picks, but we had a nice debate about what the Titans should do at the 11 pick. Now, Mike basically wanted to go wide receiver, the wide receiver from TCU. 
basically trade down a couple of spots, get a little bit more draft capital, and get the wide receiver from TCU, which is not a bad thing. I think it's a great strategy. I think it's a more, I think it's logical. I think it's very doable. It's not out of this world. You know, it's not something that's real outside the box. You know, me on the other hand, I say, you know what? The Titans, they were 32nd in the league in regards to their O-line play. We don't know what we need to, we don't know what, what the future holds for Taylor LeJuan. I'm going to go into the assumption that Taylor LeJuan is going to be a cap casualty. So as a result, we need to draft his replacement. And his replacement is Paris Johnson. I think Paris Johnson, who, you know, started 23 straight games. Um, he's, I think he's smart. He understands blitzes and stunts. I think he is the perfect guy for this team. And it doesn't help. I mean, it does help that the fact that he's out of Ohio State, which is Mike Vrabel's alma mater. Another thing is he's great in run blocking. He's so-so in pass blocking, but I think that's something that's very coachable, and that's another attribute that he has. He's very coachable. So I, I feel like, you know, that's something that he can get better at at the next level. Another big key to this, too, is the Titans don't have an O-line coach. Remember, we all, you know, got very, very excited, me included, about Todd Downing not being – the offensive coordinator. Another thing that got me very excited is that Keith Carter is no longer the O-line coach. The O-line, Keith Carter, in the five years that he's been the O-line coach, they have been struggling each and every season that he's been the O-line coach, particularly the last two years. The last two years has been extremely, extremely disappointing. So at the end of the day, I was like, yeah, I'm glad the tie down is gone, but I'm also glad that we're getting another O-line coach, another, you know, just another voice, another philosophy, somebody that could, you know, get the best out of the O-line that the, uh, that the Titans currently have right now. Mine is Dennis Daly. Dennis Daly should not be on there. I don't care who's the O-line coach. Dennis Daly, there's no improving Dennis Daly at this point. But other than that, I think – having a new O-line coach would certainly help the guys that are currently in there, guys like Nate Davis. That's why I said Nate Davis. I feel like Nate Davis should stay with the Titans based off of that. Ben Jones, shout out to Ben Jones. He's, you know, first-time Pro Bowler, well-deserved. And, you know, another guy, um, Nicholas Petit-Fierre. So at the end of the day, so at the end of the day, you want to be able to, Get you know you don't want to you know replace everybody, but you want to p- replace a couple of players, and I think Taylor one again is a cap casualty. I think Paris Johnson is the perfect replacement for Taylor Lewan. So I say go offensive line. In order to have a great offense, have have you have to have a great offensive line. You don't even really have to be great; just be average. I can say average. I can take from being 32nd to like 16th in the league. I can that's that's the that's an improvement. So I can take that. I can take that for sure. But at the end of the day, I think that 
Mike's strategy and my strategy, I think there's no wrong strategy. If the Titans go wide receiver, that's great. Definitely somebody uh, to kind of, you know, be on the other side of trailing Burks. So I think that that's a great strategy. And then also, too, I think my strategy is good, too. Get a left tackle to protect whoever's going to be the quarterback, whether it's Ryan Tannehill or Malik Willis or Josh Dobbs or somebody else outside of the organization. Another option, too, is they could trade up and figure out a way to get one of those two quarterbacks. I think it's going to be extremely difficult to do that, but I've seen I've seen stranger things that has happened in the NFL offseasons. I mean, we just came from an offseason where Pro Bowl-level wide receivers got traded. Devontae Adams got traded. A.J. Brown got traded. Tyreek Hill got traded. These are three Pro Bowl wide receivers. All of them got traded. So I've seen strange things in the offseason. And I'm not a and I'm opposed to signing a left tackle because this it's gonna cost a hell of a lot of money for a team that's currently right now sitting in minus 22 in the cap, which is 30th ranked in the National Football League. That's gonna that's gonna be a pretty penny. It'll be cheaper to draft a left tackle. And one more thing to add to that is Tackles in the in the draft, not as deep as previous years. So if you don't get a tackle by round three, then you pretty much in trouble. You pretty much getting you getting um, getting guys that are kind of pretty unproven. You know, at least Paris Johnson has a has a track record. You know, uh, Darnell Wright, uh, Wright from from uh, Tennessee has a track record. The, the kid from Northwestern has a track record. The kid from Georgia has a track record as well. But if you get past the second round and don't draft a tackle, then I'm not sure if I agree with that strategy. That's just me. And then, you know, of course, in the second round, I went with Mike Morris, who was the edge rusher from Michigan. He was kind of in the background because of Aiden Hutchinson and the other guy that was there as well um, that got drafted out of Michigan. But I like Mike Morris. I, a lot of people are not talking about edge rusher, and I'm not I'm not pretty sure why. Because think about it, Bud Dupree probably going to be another cap casualty. Harold Landry is coming back from ACL injury. Good. That's that's really good. But how much? How long is it going to take for him to get back to that Pro Bowl level? Usually, it takes a little bit of time for players coming back from ACL injuries. Used to, at one point, it used to take an entire year for a player to come back from an ACL injury and play at the level that they played prior to the injury. Now you're at a point where they're, they're a little bit rusty. And I think Harold Landry is going to be a little bit rusty coming back from his his injury. I like Rashad Weaver, but Rashad Weaver got some things he needs to work on too. Also, don't know what you're going to do with Tierra Tar, even though he's more of a you know interior lineman. But I think Mike Morris fits the Mike Vrabel style of player that he looks for on defense, versatile. That's Mike Vrabel's first, uh, favorite thing 
to say about defensive players as well as offense, but just in particular on defense, being able to do a little bit of everything. He explodes off the line. He's a big dude. He's 6'6", 290. You can put him on the inside. You can put him on the inside. You can put him on the outside. Very versatile guy, 6'6", 290. Runs pretty well. Um, last 40 I saw, he ran about a 4'6", 5", 4'7". I think those are great traits. And then one more guy I want to talk about is this is where I think they can get a receiver. Third round. I think receivers are going to be deep in this draft. If you don't get if you don't get the top level receivers, not the end of the world, you can get a good wide receiver in day two. And this guy, Rasheed Rice. Now, the question is, would Rasheed Rice be in the third round? I don't know. He was when I did the mark draft, so that's good news for me. But will he be available in the third round? A lot of a lot of that's going to depend on. I don't, I'm not sure if he's going to be on the combine. I'm assuming so. If he has a good combine, he might be late first round, early second round. But I think Rasheed Rice is a guy that could very well be the most explosive player. He can, he can get drafted by the Titans right now, and he will be far and away the most explosive wide receiver on the depth chart. Fast guy can run a four three four four. He can catch. He makes tough catches. Um, he now his route running is a little bit suspect, and the only only reason why it's suspect is because of the kind of offense he played. He played in SMU, which is more of a wide open collegiate style offense where it wasn't predicated on route precision. It, it, it basically you run a street, you get open. You catch the ball, and you outrun the defenders. So that's kind of basically SMU's, SMU's offense in a nutshell. But other than that, this is an explosive wide receiver, and I think he's going to be, if the Titans don't get him, whoever's getting receiver rights is going to get a baller. If he keeps his head straight, no no sign of character issues, but if, he, if he's – you know, is a focused receiver, a focused player, somebody's going to get the steal. And I hope it's the Titans. I really do. I think mid-round, I think it's a perfect pick. And him and Burks would make a great one-two duo. I know a lot of people are hoping for T. Higgins and, or some other wide receivers. I'm not in love with the receivers in the free agent market. T. Higgins, Joe Burrow loves T. Higgins. They're going to keep T. Higgins. Now, Tyler Boyd, on the other hand, might be gone. But I think it's going to be a decision between Tyler Boyd and T. Higgins. I think they're going to keep T. Higgins. You know, he's going to cost some money, but they can live with that for right now because Chase is still on a rookie contract. So I think they can live with having, you know, Chase and Higgins for a couple more years. I don't think he's going to be a free agent. But I would love to have T. Higgins if the if the price is right. I mean, not necessarily the price is right, but if the money is available, I think it would be a great idea. But, yeah, those were some of the players that I drafted. I, I drafted a, a couple of other players, but I, I'm not going to really talk about that 
but I did draft. Um, I did do the mock draft, and I felt like I did a good job. Uh, if you want to see the entire my entire mock draft, I would advise you to go on Power Hour on YouTube, Power Hour six one five, and you know check out that episode. You know, again, just had an episode on Monday, and then I was on Rossi's show on Tuesday. So, you know, of course, I was pretty busy. Shout out to both of them. Uh, shout out to Rossi as well. Um, you know, go into his uh, subscribe to his YouTube channel as well. He's doing great numbers. So, subscribe to his channel as well. He has the Rossi Report, and that's where I was on. I was on the Rossi Report with, you know, Power Hour James, uh, of course, Rossi himself, and then Tyler from uh, Titans. Um, Titans Time podcast. A shout out to Tyler as well. So, you know, those were my, like I said, those were my picks for my mock draft. And you know, if y'all want to look at the rest, check check it out on the Power Hour six one five. All right, it is time to put on my professor glasses. It's time to get out my gray book. We got to grade the 2022 season. I know I'm a little bit late, but, you know, better late than never, as they say. Now, when I say I'm grading, I'm grading offense and defense, special teams and coaching. When I say coaching, just want to make this clear. I'm not talking about just Mike Vrabel. I'm talking about Ty Downing. I'm talking about Shane Bowen. I'm talking about Craig Aukerman. So I'm, I'm grading the coaching unit as a whole, not just Mike Vrabel. When I'm talking about the offense, I'm talking about the entire offense. Not talking about Derrick Henry. I'm not talking about Ryan Tannehill. I'm talking about the entire offense, including those two players. Defense, I'm talking about everybody in the defense, not just Jeffrey Simmons and Kevin Bay. I'm talking about everybody on defense, special teams the same way. Um, this one was a pretty easy thing, easy thing to do as, as far as grading because the Titans were seven and ten, and they, it was a lot wrong with this team. And the fact that they, this team was seven and three at one point really is a miracle. Uh, you really think about it, but not surprisingly either that they were seven and three based off of the level of competition throughout the first ten games of the season. So, without further ado, let's get started with offense. Um, the offense, I gave the offense for the 2022 season a D. Reason why I'm giving the offense a D is because really it, they should get a failing grade. But the only reason why I'm not giving them a failing grade is because of Derrick Henry. Derrick Henry was the entire offense. Um, there were some good moments from Chig, some good moments from Burks. But overall, this offense was was a mess. It was hard to watch at times. You know, this team only scored 20 points five times this season. They did not score 30 points at all this season. They were one of, like, few teams in the National Football League that went an entire season not scoring at least 30 points in a game. Team averaged 16 points a game. We're going to win too many games. You're not going to the playoffs with a team only scoring 16 points a game. So, to me, 
without Derrick Henry, this offense would have been an elf. Quarterback play was not very good. Tannehill was okay at times, but then in the second half of games, some of it or most of it was because of Todd Downing. But in the second half of games, the offense was non-existent. Tannehill was non-existent. At times, Derrick Henry was non-existent. Malik Willis was a disaster at quarterback for, for the three games he started. Couldn't even crack 100 yards passing. Josh Dobbs did okay. Um, I I don't think he's starting level material, but in the in the games that he started, which was two, I thought he did pretty well. Considering the circumstances, I thought he did pretty well. So at the end of the day, the offense needs a makeover. And as of right now, they do not have an offensive coordinator. So right now, me and other Titans fans and Titans content creators are just patiently waiting for the decision. I'm going to go into the assumption it's going to be one of the KC offense coordinators. I mean, offensive minded um, coaches. It's going to be Eric B or Matt Nagy. That's the only reason why the Titans haven't made a decision yet. One, they're waiting until the Super Bowl is over with. So I think it's going to be one of them. If it was up to me, and it was between Matt Nagy and Eric B. Enemy, give me Eric B. Enemy. But unfortunately, I'm not making a decision. Okay, let's talk about defense. Defense was a little bit tough to grade, but I'm going to give them a C plus. I would have gave them like a B minus, but the reason why I'm not giving them a B minus is because the secondary was horrible. They were the worst pass defense in football. Um, that secondary, you know, was not really good. Even Christian Fulton didn't really have a great year. And when one and of course. The biggest problem with Christian Fulton is the injuries. The injuries are concerning to me. It's been like that pretty much every year he's been in the league. It's a hamstring or ankle, you know, maybe even concussion, something. It's just something with Christian Fulton. Uh, Caleb Farley was a disaster when uh, in his first full year of being healthy or somewhat healthy. He was a disaster. Then he got hurt and was out for the year. Uh, Roger McCreary was up and down, but he was mostly down. I, he had his moments. He had a couple of moments here and there, but he had an up and down, mostly down rookie, uh, rookie season. Uh, Greg Maven should not be on the NFL roster. Um, I'm missing some guys. Uh, Terrence Mitchell should not be on the NFL roster. There's a couple other guys on there that should not be on the NFL roster. So the secondary was bad. Kevin Byer was pretty good. Um, you know, Kevin Byer has not been able to do the things that Kevin Byer is really good at doing because the secondary is so bad. But I thought he did. A, I thought he had a pretty above average year, in my opinion. Uh, Money Hooker can't stay healthy. That's another guy that's dealing with the injury bug, and Hopefully, you know, with this new turf that they both to put out, um, I don't know too much about like how the turf is going to be and things of that nature. So that's why I didn't add it to these topics. But hopefully with the new turf, it will supposedly supposed to limit these kind of injuries. 
Hopefully it does. But, you know, we we have to wait until the 2023 season to find out if that was really the case or is it deeper than that. But at least they are trying something. So I, I give them credit for that. So for defense is a C plus to me. I thought the interior was really good. Jeffrey Simmons played pretty well this this season. Uh, I thought he was really good. This you know he he was one of the best players in the league in my opinion. I thought he played very very well. He was an All Pro, but the pre couldn't stay healthy. Of course, Harold Landry out for the year before. He, we even got into the season, so he was out for the year. Rashad Weaver did decent in his replace uh, replacing Landry. Um, Long, another guy that's been hurt a lot. Zach Cunningham was hurt this year. I thought Zach Cunningham had a a step. I thought he regressed a little bit, especially against the run. I thought he regressed. So, to me, there was some good in the defense, and there was certainly some bad in the defense. And to me, when you got good mixed with bad, you get average. And that's why I give them a C-plus um, as a grade for their 2022 season. Special teams, nothing too special. I give them a C as well. Uh, C, just a regular C. I thought it was average. I thought Randy Bullock was okay. But I do think they need to upgrade to kick him. Uh, the kicker position, you know, you got to have a kicker that you can put out confidently that he can make some kicks. If it's like 45, 50 yards, may you basically, I don't know, you're not going to get a, I don't think you're going to get an accurate kick out of Randy Bullet. I just don't think you're going to get a, a a decent kick. You're not going to get a good kick out of Randy Bullock if it's 50 yards. So I think you should upgrade. Ryan Stonehouse uh, set the NFL record, an 80-year-old record, a record that they said was unbreakable. And the fact that he did not, he did not get a Pro Bowl, he was not even a Pro Bowl alternate, it's just asinine. But his record is going to be – his record is in Canton, Ohio. I just – I don't I don't understand that. The fact that he only got a, you know, second-team pro – second-team all-pro. I'm looking like first-team all-pro stuff that with Ryan Stonehouse. But I'm not going to get into no argument about a punter. But I do think uh, Ryan Stonehouse did get shafted this season. Uh, in regards of what he has accomplished, you can't. I mean, this is like you know. Let's just say Derrick Henry broke the all-time rushing with a single-season uh, rushing record just to be a second-team All-Pro. Wouldn't make no sense. So in the same case, why is Ryan Stonehouse a second-team All-Pro? But again, I'm not finna argue about uh, a punter. But I do. But Ryan Stonehouse taking the place of Brett Kern. Was the right decision? He earned a he earned a job, and he showed you why he was the man for the job. And you know, Ryan Stonehouse did a tremendous job of pinning the other team offense back on a lot of different occasions, and they needed it. 
But hopefully in the 2023 season, I will see a lot less of Ryan Stonehouse. And that's no disrespect to Ryan Stonehouse, but I don't want to see him playing a whole lot in 2023. So hopefully the offense can get their stuff together. Won't have to see Ryan Stonehouse a whole lot in 2023. But as a unit, though, I thought they did okay. I mean, they were one of the better units, in my opinion, in regards of not allowing big plays. I gave them a C because it wasn't wasn't nothing special. Um, the kick return and punt return game was terrible. Was pretty much terrible. It was below average. Uh, kicking was about average. Punting was elite. The unit in regards of giving up big plays in the special in special teams was pretty good as well. So it's kind of a, the good and bad, kind of like de- the defense. It was good and some bad. Good bad equals average to me. So I'm just gonna say that it's a C. And then last but not least, I'm going to go with coaching. Uh, coaching, to me, was, a hard, was the hardest one to grade. And I'm going to go coaching. I'm going to go coaching as a C minus. The minus part comes from Ty Downing and Craig Ackman. I thought both of them were not very good coaches. In special team with well, offense and special teams, respectively. I did, I do think Mike Vrabel did a decent job coaching. I think it could have been better. Um, I can tell that the last couple of months took a toll on him because he wasn't the same kind of coach. His personality was not there. And that happens when you lose seven games in a row to end the season. You're not, it's really nothing to smile about or be happy about. So, I thought Mike Vrabel did a good job of just doing the best he can with what he had. You know, of course he has his flaws, and I have made it crystal clear on Twitter and other Facebook, I mean, Facebook and other social media platforms that, you know, Mike Vrabel could be a bit stubborn. He could be a bit of a point, uh, a person that likes to point fingers instead of, you know, addressing the real elephant of the room. Instead of you know blaming the you know instead of blaming Ty Downing for your for your play calls, you're blaming the execution of the play calls. It's not always that simple. So he definitely has his flaws, but I do think that still, I thought he did a decent job of what he had, and the cards that he was dealt with weren't good cards. Instead of getting a ace of spade, he got a a two of spade. Not much you can do with a two of spade. So, but Todd Downing was the Todd Downing was, of course, Todd Downing was terrible. He was he was not he was very predictable. Uh, he did the same thing over and over and over. Never learned his lesson. Never evolved the offense. It was too vanilla. It was too dependent on Derrick Henry. Todd Downing was a disaster. I thought Shane Bourne was okay. This was not his best year compared to last year. Now, last year it was great. I thought he did really well last year. Um, this year, I think that with the with the secondary being as bad as it was, I didn't think this was his best coaching job. But I give him a pass simply because I see what he what he's capable of doing based on what he did in 2021. So I'm going to give Shane Bourne a pass. 
but it wasn't his best year as a as a defensive coordinator. And then, like I said, Craig Offman, none too special. I mean, he's done okay. Brian Stowe has doing what he's doing. He has really honestly saved his job, in my opinion. If Ryan Stonehouse was one of the worst punters in the league, Craig Offman should probably would have been fired or should be fired. But Ryan, to me, Ryan Stonehouse saved, saved his job. What Ryan Stonehouse did in his rookie year, undrafted rookie, I may add, saved his job. But yep, those are my grades. Let me know what y'all think about the grades. Y'all can comment on you know anchor or spotify let me know hey the grades are trash you should or i was too hard on them or i was too lenient y'all can you know tell me y'all can tell me what y'all think you know of course you can reach out to me at ryan harris 662 on twitter let me know what y'all think about the about those grades and we can have a conversation a respectful conversation i may add all right, last thing I want to talk about before we end this show is a few of the free agents. Um, I talked about it on offense a couple of episodes ago. Now I want to just talk about it on defense. I'm not going to talk about everybody, but I kind of already mentioned this on the show. Bud Dupree, uh, David Long, Tierra Tart. Those are kind of like some of the main ones. I do think that but the pre should be cut. The money that he's making is not matching the production. David Long, I would give honestly, I would give David Long if the opportunity presents itself, kind of a similar deal that they gave Jayon Brown, like a one-year prove it deal. See if he can stay healthy. Remember, Jayon Brown had those same issues. He got hurt a lot, and then he got he came back to the Titans on a team-friendly deal. And then he, you know, he got hurt again. That kind of pretty much was the, you know, that was it. The writing was on the wall at that point. I would give David Long the same kind of contract, or at least put that off on the table. Kind of just check and see what the market is on David Long. If the market's not good on him, if I'm the Titans, I would try to see if I can get a one or two year deal, uh, similar to what Jayon Brown got. It just kind of like a prove it deal. See if you can stay healthy and be productive while you're healthy. And Tierra Tart, I think the Titans should bring back Tierra Tart. He is the perfect glue guy for that interior lineman. Perfect glue guy for Jeffrey Simmons. Perfect glue guy for Danico Audrey. So I think his, his ability to, to be great in situations, I think that's very valuable for a defense. So I would say yes. Try to get Tierra Tart back. I mean, if he asking for like 15, 20 million. I would say pump the brakes on that. But I definitely think if the price is right, definitely, most definitely figure out a way to get Tierra Tart back. Don't want to have a situation like last year where we wanted Deontay Foreman and Deontay Foreman go somewhere else because there was a better opportunity. Keep Tierra Tart and continue to build this defense. And hopefully, you know, the Titans will have a better secondary so the defense can be able to get to the quarterback. All right, y'all, this is going to conclude this episode of The Jump Pass. Thank y'all so much for tuning in and listening. Be on the lookout for the next episode. I believe I'm going to get a, uh, another guest on the show working on that as I am talking. So if I get another guest, be on the lookout for that. 
And of course, I like I said, this is Ryan Harris of the Jump Pass. This episode is brought to you by the Titan Upload Network. You can follow me on Twitter at Ryan Harris 662. That is at Ryan Harris 662. But until next time, peace, love, and do one thing for me. Tighten up. Y'all have a great day. 